the center of our work of what we do. It's not to hand out food. It's not even to like create jobs for yeah. refugees. The center of our work is to collapse the distance between people who have grown apart, either because of fear or misunderstanding or just the lack of opportunity to connect yes. with each other. And I felt closer to people I have never even met before through that episode than anything else I could identify in my own experience. That was like so many times listening to that episode of like this, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is what we're about. What's it like to move beyond a simple story, beyond us versus them? I'm Kayla Craig, producer with the Love Anyway podcast. You might remember me from episode three, The Mosque Visit. Our first season of Love Anyway is done, but that doesn't mean we're going anywhere. In fact, we're inviting you into a behind-the-scenes look at the people and places behind each of the six episodes we produce this season. I sat down with my coworkers, Aaron Wilson and Ben Irwin, to recap our first season, and I'm excited to share our conversation with you. You'll hear our host, Erin Wilson, share her favorite episode and the things she finds most challenging about hosting a podcast. And maybe what I'm most excited for is that you'll get to experience her infectious laughter that those of us at Preemptive Love get a front row seat to every day. You'll hear the episode Ben was most skeptical of and how it turned out to be his favorite. We'll also give you a sneak peek into season two of Love Anyway, which launches in July. Here's our conversation. Season one is done, and now we're going to talk about it. Erin, you are the host of the Love Anyway podcast. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yes, I am our host. I am also Preemptive Love's senior field editor in Iraq, so I get to experience a lot of the stories we have experienced firsthand. And Ben is also on this call, and you guys might remember Ben from the first couple episodes of season one. Ben, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm I'm Ben. I lead our communications team with Preemptive Love, and I still am mad at Aaron for roping me into two episodes of the podcast. She <laughs> said I only had to do one. That's how it always goes, right? <laughs> well, as we have finished the first six episodes of the Love Anyway podcast, I thought I'd have a really easy question to kick it off. Why did we start a podcast in the first place? Why did we feel like it was an important thing to do? One of the first things I heard when I got here was. Hey, what if we did a podcast? And I think this conversation had been going on for a while. And it was one of those things that we would talk about and we'd build up some energy for, and then something else would happen that we had to go and respond to. And so we never got around to it for three years. And finally, last year, we said, you know what? We're doing a podcast. And one of the things that changed for a lot of us at Preemptive Love was it's easy to look at the work that happens quote unquote, over there, like in Iraq, in Syria, and be like, wow, that's so great. I could never do that. But this idea, like preemptive love is not just our organization. It's an idea that we want to live by and it's for all of us. And so we wanted to tell some stories and have some conversations that would make it possible to imagine that this way of being and living, this choice to love anyway, could be for all of us. And it's, it just feels like that is just way more important than ever now. Yeah. Erin, from your side of things, being in Iraq, being the host of the podcast, what was kind of the fire under you to get this thing going? Oh, that's, that's an easy question to answer. I have the massive privilege in my life of meeting so many extraordinary people every day, uh, Iraqis and Syrians who 
are intelligent and passionate and sometimes hopeless because really the world misunderstands them so much and doesn't see them as uh, people with potential and to have the chance to introduce them to the rest of the world to maybe knock down uh, some of the misunderstandings, misperceptions about who Iraqis and Syrians are. Yeah, I, I jumped at that chance in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I just have loved how you have guided our team on the editorial side and the production side. Just really appreciate your like wisdom and guidance as we have dove into these stories because they're not stories that we've created, you know, the real no. stories and yeah. real people. Erin, what you're saying reminds me of episode five, the millennials of Iraq, because you went and talked to those four Iraqi millennials on that episode and you sat with them and you got hours of audio with each one of them. And really one of our challenges was what do we keep and what what do we save for another time? Is there anything that you could talk about, like what most surprised you or what did you most take away from that episode? I, I wasn't at all surprised at the level of conversation that we had because I've had conversations with these folks. They all work at our tech hubs and I've gotten to know them over the last year. And I know that they're amazing people with amazing hobbies. This is this I knew already. I think I was surprised and I shouldn't have been because they are people who are deeply involved in tech. They are also keenly aware of how they're perceived outside. That was a little painful, to be honest, um, mm. having conversations with them and seeing their faces when they talk about how, how they're seen from outside. Yeah, that, that hurt. And I did have to, not, I didn't have to, I, I apologized. I felt led to apologize at least on one occasion for how they've been shown in the news, in media, in all these different ways we take in information these days. And so often it's just not, it's not who they are and nobody's asking them who they are. We're making up stories about who, who Iraqis are, who Syrians are, who Iraqi and Syrian young people are. But nobody's asking them. I think that part, that part surprised me the most. Hmm. I, I remember listening to that raw audio and when I got to that point of your conversation with Suleiman and it was a really just vulnerable position for him and just the way that you guys communicated and walked through was really powerful to listen to and my hope is that that came through on episode five as our listeners were hearing just the raw conversation you know these are real people having these conversations they are not something that we've just created and I think we've and Ben you can talk to this as well but something that all of us behind the scenes have really tried to intentionally honor the people that are on every single episode uh, these are our friends these are our colleagues these are people that we we know and and love what was going through your mind behind the scenes as we shared some of these hard stories you know episode one and two are some of the most intense stories behind preemptive love you look back and you realize these were kind of watershed moments for us as an organization the moment that Hassan and Sadiq were almost killed in the desert and almost anywhere else an incident like that would have sparked a whole clamp down of you know in risk mitigation and oh, we have absolutely. to do everything we have to do everything we can to make sure this doesn't happen again and we try to mitigate risk we don't we don't take needless risks we care deeply about the people on our team our colleagues who go out and do this work but 
what they did was they went out two, three days later and delivered aid to the same people they were trying to reach the night the trucks broke down in the desert. And like that became a defining moment. We didn't wake up one day and have this idea, this vision of preemptive love completely figured out. And now we're going to like come down the mountain and give it to everybody else. It's been like this evolving thing for us. But there have been these key moments that like, this is what it means to love anyway. This is what it means to show up on the front lines. And that was one of them. The day that Sadek found himself face to face with the ISIS detainee who had ordered the killing of his friend. And even the question of, is this a story that we can share and people will understand what this is about and what's really happening here and what we're being called to in this? Like Those were moments where we were discovering for ourselves what preemptive love is. And what's the feedback that you guys have heard from people like Asan or Aaron, the millennials that you talk to that live and work in Iraq? What have you heard from them? Because they've listened to these episodes. What do they have to say? Oh, they, they, absolutely, <laughs> they absolutely listened and uh, had their friends listen. And I actually think they're probably listening right now to this episode as it airs. And I think they were all quite proud. I think they were proud of the fact that we took their thoughts, their ideas so seriously. They all noticed the production value, to be honest, that we handled their ideas and thoughts with care, their voices with care. And I did hear from some other folks on our team here, some former students at our tech center, and they were really excited to hear about their lives in a platform that is new to them. Frankly, podcasts don't really exist in Iraq at this point. So they were able to access stuff that really spoke to their lives in a, in a really fresh way. It was, it was really lovely. We're a little different than some organizations in that we think of our communications team as it's, it's part of the work that we do. It's not just about telling people about the work. It is part of the work. It is supposed to be a reflection of who we want to be and what kind of people we want to be. We, we put so much emphasis on upholding and recognizing the dignity of the people who entrust their stories to us. And the standard for us has always been, even when it's just a theoretical standard, is we write these stories as if the person we're writing about, we tell these stories as if the person we're telling them about is going to see it, is going to hear it. We've seen, like, we'll share some one of our refugee friends' stories on Facebook, and then we'll see them commenting and tagging their friends so their friends can see the story that we wrote about them. And it's just it's it's taken to a whole new level with the podcast and it collapses the distance between people on opposite sides of the podcast episode in a way that is just really cool to see so what i know it's hard to pick but if you had to pick a favorite episode from season 1 of love anyway what would you guys pick oh gosh oh kayla this is so unfair <laughs> which of your babies do you love the best aaron <laughs> Yes, that's right. Uh, honestly, okay. My heart loved the episode with our millennials the best just because these are friends and it was really a delight to work with them. But really, I think I would have to say episode one was my favorite because I think until we finished it, I wasn't convinced we could pull it off. And it took us a long time to get there. And it was hard. <laughs> it was much harder than I ever thought it would be. And 
we know that there's a lot of people that care about the kinds of stories we tell, but until we released it to the world, we weren't sure that they were going to tune in. And so I think once, once that first episode launched and people responded and thankfully rated us with five stars on platforms that they listen on, they left us positive reviews. They even sent us messages to tell us how much they appreciated the episodes once that happened, yeah, that was that was absolutely a golden moment. I want to say episode one, partly because it nearly killed us to make it because it was our first one, and because you were in it. That's maybe that's because why you I were don't in it. Say episode one, but um. well, and maybe, maybe our listeners should know is that we weren't originally planning to have your audio, and then lo and behold, it turned out that we had this audio from you, Aaron's and fault. we were like, we have we have to use mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Uh, honestly for me uh, and this was a surprise to me when but the millennials of iraq episode is my favorite and i did not expect it to be honest if i'm real honest when i looked at the final list of episodes we had planned out for the season i was like that's gonna be one of our weaker ones and it became my favorite and i think it's because the center of our work of what we do it's not to hand out food it's not even to like create jobs for refugees the center of our work is to collapse the distance between people who have grown apart either because of fear or misunderstanding or just the lack of opportunity to connect with each other. And I felt closer to people I have never even met before through that episode than anything else I could identify in my own experience. That was like so many times listening to that episode of like this, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is what we're about. I think for me, episode three, the mosque visit physically got me out of the real walls that I live in every day. And Aaron, you were just so pivotal in helping me get out of my comfort zone and just encouraging me to go. And I'm like, you know, does anybody want to hear this audio? And am I really the right person? And because of this project, I hope that I have created some relationships with people, my neighbors that I will continue to have. And I sent the episode to the gentleman that I talked to on that episode in the mosque. And oh, really? Yeah, I I emailed it to him. And he emailed back that same day saying he listened and that he appreciated the work that we're doing with love anyway. So that was that was special to me. So was there any other kind of feedback that you guys received for season one of this podcast? I lost track of how many times I heard somebody say, I thought this was the episode where I wasn't going to cry. And then I did. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of nice. You like making people cry. (laughs) I guess. I, yeah, I I guess I have a sadistic streak in me. Like, yeah, apparently. (laughs) What about you, Aaron? Yeah. I don't think we've made an episode yet that I haven't cried through. (laughs) Right. Uh, even after I, even after I was part of making it, when I when I heard the final episode put together, it always got me. At least you held it off for the recording. <laughs> well, so far, yes, so <laughs> we far. can say that's true. There's a goal. There's a goal for season two. <laughs> and what would you guys say is the most challenging part of of recording, writing, editing, producing? this podcast. Oh, that's the recording, that's... writing, editing and producing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is what I would say. I would say definitely winnowing down the potential content we have to work with. Yeah. Behind the scenes, Aaron is always saying, can we add this to the show notes? And what about this? One? And this one too. So, so if anyone, basically everything that ends up on the cutting room floor. So if anyone hasn't checked out the show notes, they should, because there's a lot of content there. Was there anything else 
that, um, you know, now's your chance to clear the record on, on any episodes and any of the stories that we told. No, just that Ben likes being on, on a podcast episode, Wait. I think more than, more than he's willing That's to true. admit. He was like, we were like, like, Hey Ben, we need you to hop on and record something. And he was like, Oh, I might have a microphone right here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I found a whole stash of microphones in my basement. You just had it right there within (laughs) distance. Oh, where did this podcast recording studio come from? It's such a mystery. (laughs) Who has a stash of microphones? (laughs) It's from another job. Sure. And somehow I held on to them. Maybe edit this part out. For such a time as this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I think for me, something that I had to learn was on the Millennials of Iraq episode, Aaron says Generation Z, and I just could not get oh. over it because I had never heard it before. But Aaron, can you explain why it's not Generation Z? Oh, I, I can't even hear you say it that way without it grating on my nerves. It's, it's because I, I'm Canadian and and we don't say or we don't pronounce that letter as Z. We pronounce it as as Zed. Yeah, as I'm going through your additions on the script, you'll say neighborhood or color and spell it a different way. And I'm always like, what is happening? I am pretty sure if you sat down all preemptive love staff and like anonymously surveyed them, who is your favorite person at preemptive love? Aaron would come out on top. Absolutely untrue. Untrue. Oh, Aaron, stop with the fake humility. If you call people who do not work in my immediate vicinity, <laughs> then maybe. But if you call people, including those who actually work in the Iraq office with me, whose desks are pressed up against mine, I would say, nope, you'd get a different answer. Oh, that's part of the fun. <laughs> because you live on the other side of the world. <laughs> well, you know. Remote working has its, uh, you know, benefits. Okay, now back to season two as we have to end this conversation because I know you guys have other work that you have to do. Podcasting isn't the only thing on your plate right now. So Erin, tell me what, because you had the idea for kind of the roots of season two. So tell me what you told us. Well, I pitched it to you a little like this. I really think that there's a space for families to talk about hard things that happen. The children in our lives are absorbing things around them. They're absorbing racism, even either directly or indirectly. They're absorbing the news and pictures of war on TV. They're absorbing conversations that are really hard. And I think we don't always engage with the young people in our lives about these hard topics because we're not sure they understand or we're not sure that they're ready to handle these kinds of conversations, except they are already absorbing this stuff. And I really think we have a huge opportunity to engage in conversations with them at a age appropriate level and help them to process um, and understand the things that they're seeing and already feeling. And so, yeah, we're going to have a look at things like racism and injustice and war and I don't know. There's just so much to talk about and there's so much kids have to add to the conversation if we're prepared to listen. 
Yeah, that's so good. I'm really excited to see where season two takes us and we'll be releasing that sometime in July. So I know I'm excited as a parent and then also just as somebody who gets to work and produce this podcast. So if people want to support that these stories that we're telling, the actual physical work that we're doing when we choose to love anyway, what can they do? Well, they can go to preemptivelove.org slash donate and they can make a one-time gift. The best way to be a part of this work that you're hearing about in the podcast is actually to give monthly. Even if you were to take the amount you had in mind to give once and divide it by 12, a lot of the work that we do is the longer term work. It's not just showing up with a bag of food and then moving on to the next hotspot. It's sitting down and building relationships with people, the kind of relationships that make it possible for us to tell the kind of stories that we've told in season one. They wouldn't be possible if we didn't dig in and stay with people for the long haul to help them rebuild their lives after war, after the rest of the world has moved on. And the the only way we could do that is if we know that our friends who are listening to the podcast, who are following along with these stories, are going to go with us month after month. So if you want to be a part of this work, if you want to support the work that you're hearing about in these episodes, the very best thing you can do is to make a monthly donation. It doesn't matter if it's big or if it's small. It's it's advancing the work of preemptive love, of changing the world one person at a time. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you for hopping on this call with me. I got a lot going on, but it was fun to kind of rehash season one of the Love Anyway podcast. I'm really excited for season two, and I'll let you guys get back to work now. Thank you, Kayla. Awesome. Thanks, Kayla. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the season one recap. At the beginning of the season, you might remember Jeremy Courtney sharing that the Love Anyway podcast is a way to peel back the curtain, a way of inviting you on a peacemaking journey. We're so glad you're with us. You can find recaps and transcripts of each episode at preemptivelove.org slash podcast, where you'll also find exclusive videos, behind the scenes photos, and discussion guides. And as Ben mentioned, our work exists because of you. If you visit preemptivelove.org slash donate, you can help us continue to love anyway and live these stories in Iraq, Syria, the U.S.-Mexico border, and on the front lines where you live. And while you're there on our site, you can also join the Frontline Summer Challenge. Each week, we'll take one small practical step to show kindness to someone we might not normally engage with. And before we go, I have a favor to ask. Will you fill out a short listener survey? Your feedback helps us keep telling true stories about people who love across enemy lines. To show our thanks, you'll receive a special code for a free preemptive love mug when you complete the survey. Learn more at preemptivelove.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening. We're Preemptive Love on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll see you in July for season two. Already we're going to have to cut all this out. You don't even know how I record in 100,000 little one-minute increments. Okay. Anyways, okay. Outtakes. And what you were saying reminds me of episode four, the millennials of Iraq. No, wait. Is that episode four or episode five? We might need to put this out. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I think it's episode five. I'm like, we won't need to cut anything. It'll be totally fine. We know our okay. podcast. Yeah. It's fine.
Kayla, is your dog trying to get another spot on the podcast? Uh, maybe. Okay. I just tired <laughs> dog barking. Like, one episode wasn't enough. Huh? I got a taste of stardom. <laughs> anyway, in case you wanted more to edit out. <laughs>